now, Humpods Destroy. Welcome to Humpods Destroy, a Star Trek discussion podcast. I am Terry, and I'm joined, as always, by Graham. Hello. And by Derek. Hello. And we are uh, together in the same room, uh, using the studio for the first time in months, months and months and months and months and months, because obviously COVID, lockdown, all of that stuff. We're actually standing up and doing it old school for the first time in age, and it's very nice to see the pair of you. And uh, for us to be to be here, it's uh, it's when are we now? We're in July, and the, the day before the Euros final, so we're all feeling a bit. Well, Graham and I are feeling a bit, you know. I am as well. Though it's kind of. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm you're, up you're you're up for it. You're, it's it's coming home as far as you're concerned. Yeah, I've been watching most of the matches. So. Yeah, 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 jolly good, jolly good. Um, but we are not here to talk about football. There are other podcasts for that sort of thing. We're here to talk about Star Trek. And we're talking about a particular episode of Star Trek from the original series, because that's our thing. And the episode that we're going to be discussing now is Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, or, Graham, or, Graham Sibley, is it? Well, yes. Yes, it is. It is Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. However, However. <laughs> Terry and I have grown up for years thinking that the episode was actually called Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. And, and there was a very good reason for it for that, wasn't there? Isn't there? Isn't there, Alan Asherman, <laughs> if you're listening? <laughs> oh, it's here. Oh, well, you even bookmark it. Oh, well done. Well yes. done. Here it is. Look, let... Oh, hang on, it says Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so this is a, a, a later uh, version. This, that's it? a yeah. later version of it. There's a, the original version. I don't have. Which you don't have anymore. Yeah. I've got it at home. You I've have. got mine at home. Maybe but who knows? Maybe I stole your copy as well. Yeah, but that was Let This Be Your Last I know. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, it was... Uh, and I've been referring to that all along. Even though in, in my copy it says Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Indeed. And we may yet lapse into that still because, you know, yeah. we're both over 50 and prone to those kind of lapses. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was called, Alan Ashman called that Let This Be Your Last Battlefield on the uh, Star Trek Compendium. And uh, we speculated, Graham, that actually was probably a proofreader. Yes, probably. Who was going there and went, that's not right. Doesn't let that be your last. But, well, it will be Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. Surely that looks better. And so he retyped it and said, yes, that looks better. We'll just leave it at that, shall we? Yes, yes. And then probably Alan Ashman was going through it and went, hang on a minute. Yes. Clark, I can only imagine that. I, I the, can just imagine him getting his getting his review copy and then like you know, coffee going everywhere. Half <laughs> 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 oh, a moment. Oh, oh. <laughs> getting on the phone, Leo. What are you stop yeah. the presses? And it's, it's too late. Yeah, he's going to say now. All the fans are going to be out there thinking Alan Asherman, Alan Ashmuck. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Still, Alan Asherman's reputation as a as a technologist remains, you know, uh, you know, unblemished in my eyes. Well, well, that's I, a new I word. Like I've never, I, I've never I like heard that. There's before. a geezer who did um, CBS actions introductions. Uh, Raul. I can't remember his surname. I apologise. Fairly recently. And he calls himself a Treknologist. Mm. Yeah, and he used to do these kind of like, you know, little trivia bits at the beginning of each of the beginning of each episode. And he's kind of got this kind of, you know, <laughs> not in any way smug or self-satisfied <laughs> voice whatsoever at all. And uh, I probably shouldn't say this, actually. I might have to cut this out. But every, every, cause we, watched, we watched the entire series of Voyager on that channel. Dreadful versions, by the way. Awful, ghastly versions. I mean, like, really, really mucky versions. And Raoul did these introductions, and every time we would go... And, and, and Zoe would... Every, my wife Zoe would... Every time we would tell him, oh, fuck off, Raoul. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit harsh on Raoul, isn't it? So anyway, Raoul, if you're listening, you're a beautiful man. And, and we love you, and we don't want you to fuck off at all. So, yeah, let that be your last battlefield. Um, this is a, a, an episode that's got something to say, guys, isn't it? It really has. There's a lot that, that, that it's got to say. What, 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 what do you... I mean, obviously, hatred is bad. Racism is bad. These are obviously things that we can all get on board with. Um, but let's just, let's just think about uh, the, the construct of half-black, half-white thing and how creatively... They really hammered that home to the audience, didn't they, Derek, right from the very, very beginning. You know, because it was all sort of like, you know, we saw the black side of his face when Lokai is introduced to us. And then he falls down, turns over, and the other half of his face is white. And it's like, oh, my God, it was a real Gary Mitchell silver eyes moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it had such an impact that uh, Paul McCartney and uh, Stevie Wonder obviously went straight to the, to the keyboard and started <laughs> typing... 
typing, <laughs> composing Ebony and Ivory. Um, no, it's really, it's, it's a hammer, isn't it? it? It Basically, it's like, you know, we're going to do our sort of socially aware, conscious, Marxist, cultural sort of, you know, hit you with the the, the message of, you know... What's the message that's okay. coming from this, Derek? Racism is bad. Racism man. is bad. But, 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 but are racists and people who are victims of racists are as bad as each other? Is that the message that's coming uh, through okay. as well? <laughs> I, I'm going to get serious now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because the, yeah, the topics yeah. in this episode are very serious. They're very serious. I mean, the, at the time that this was out, um, this would have been 1970, uh, 1968, wouldn't it, this, this yeah. episode? Um, only five years before, the, uh, the Civil Rights Act Indeed. had come in. Um, you know, after years and years of platitudes of, of, of equality in America and, and, and so on. And, and, and obviously the civil rights movement was in, you know, full swing at this time. So um, at this time, was, was Nixon president as well? Yeah, yes. he was. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, 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 yeah, it was January. It came, this came out end of January. He'd just been inaugurated. Yeah, OK, because that, there was a there's a thing around this time with Nixon as well that sort of I, I sort of saw an echo in this actually um, where you know you're, you're talking about the, the sort of the liberals uh, um, you know the, the so-called do-gooders which are portrayed as being uh, Kirk and, and the Federation and you know and, and, and two different sides you know and obviously in America you had the, the, the civil rights movement and obviously the white supremacy which was prevalent in society and I suppose the writers of this felt that obviously they were on, you know, with Roddenberry was on that stick of trying to progress, you know, progressive ideas in popular media, you know, and um, at the time things with uh, discourse was still very simplified and, and, and obviously a TV show like this would actually show a very complex idea in a simplified way. Um, but I still think it was very effective, mm. you know, for the times. Looking at it through a modern prism, Graham, we because we, we, we look, I look at this, I look at Lokai's character and I see the person who's represented by the oppressed race mm. and I see Bill's character and I see the person representing the oppressors, the enslaved and the enslavers. And yet, narratively, creatively, from, say, the Kirk perspective, you know, they're both as bad as each other. Yeah. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, uh, well, it is in this story. Uh, well, that's how they how they want it to yeah. seem. It's an it's a it's a choice that they've made, haven't they? It, it is. Yeah. But I suppose what it what it does allow is it allows for both sides to 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 go full on with with the rhetoric of the time. Yeah. And the rhetoric throughout the whole of the of the twentieth century of like oh you want change overnight um, and things like that. So, oh no, you you want things far too quickly, uh, and they don't say it, but uh, you know. Equal but separate. That's that's um, mm. an, another issue that they, they they deal with. But the whole episode uh, is one that is entirely devoid of nuance. There is no nuance in this episode no, at all. This no. is and and this is this is the one thing which makes it such a a real hammer blow and which. <laughs> I guess it needs because you're right. Those opening scenes are quite stark when you see when you see him turning around and he's and he's got the the the, the makeup that divides him one black and one half white, uh, and and that helps make this visually. That helps make this one of the most memorable TOS episodes ever, uh, and it, it's amazing how this episode sits in people's ideas of good episodes mm. because th this isn't just high up in the lit people's thoughts of the best ever um tos episode this is up there in in like top 20s of best star trek episode full stop yeah it's like it, it, which is weird because it's not very good no it's not that good mm. no, no no it's got a <clears throat> it's it's well known for yeah as you say it's imagery it's yeah. quite stylishly made which we'll talk about in a moment and also for what it's got to say. But let me let me ask, put this to you, chaps. If they had done not used that visual um, uh, uh, technique, the the half white, half black, for the and actually just portrayed them as different colours, monochrome, different colours. Or so let's say one one Beale was white, and Lokai was black, and then you were to play that episode out again 
what would you think of it then loci as a, as 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 uh, and and the portrayal and the, and the manner with which they are that they are portrayed loci then becomes uh, a black a black activist who is portrayed as being a troublemaker um and as being just as bad just as bad as his as his white oppressor. Well, this, is that is that the kind of message that, that you think that they're trying to get across there? Well, I mean, the the, the makeup part is actually integral to this episode anyway. Sure. I yeah. mean, it, you couldn't really have the same. Um, I mean, you say it lacks nuance, Graham. Mm. It does it does lack nuance in the, the big picture, but there are certain bits that they that's brought into it. That are, I mean, it, it it tries to be nuanced to try and fool the viewer by having the makeup black, black and white you know the, the split because if they had you know a single black person and a single white person you're basically betraying the reality that they're living in now where there are people who were dying at that time yeah. for those, those reasons but you know the 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 idea with star trek is is that you're trying to gracefully bring these ideas into people's front rooms you know, uh, you know. I mean, these would have but been. What's the, what's the end game? Sorry to interrupt. What's, what's the end game? What, what are they trying to do? Because I mean, like, I look at Lokai and the manner with which he's portrayed. He is he is negatively portrayed. They are both portrayed yeah. as as bad as one another. They're well, both you... consumed by hatred. It wasn't and only yet, racism. Though. And this yet, is the Lokai, well, what, what, and enslavement, yeah. right? So yes, but, but I mean, so he is for me. He he is he is supposed to be the oppressed leader of an oppressed race who are fighting for their freedom and yet is treated with the same disdain by Kirk as, in fact, he's treated worse by Kirk because Beale gets to go and have drinks with the captain and the first officer. And yet Beale is the imperialist, he's the racist, he's the enslaver. So yeah. you know, what's what's going on there? It, is, it, is this just not ghastly centrism? Well, in a kind of like yeah, you're both as is. bad as each other kind of thing. Well, right? it is, but I suppose you, you have to remember the, the way you're introduced to both characters, um, where... Uh, Lokai is basically a car thief. Yes. Um, um, well, yes. That's <laughs> so that doesn't make that. I think that only underlines my point actually. Yeah. To be well, honest. Yeah. But he stole a cop car, so that's, that's <laughs> another thing. So, yeah. so okay. <laughs> uh, and I suppose that's that. That's it. As far as as far as as far as Kurt's concerned, he is just a common criminal, isn't he? Yeah. He, but he and he does allow him some level of of of. Um, of of comfort on the ship, but of course this this other guy introduces himself with no credentials at all as some someone who represents uh, some race, and of course he gets all, afforded all of the uh, diplomatic yeah. uh, uh, accoutrements and a lot of booze, a ton of booze, yeah. <laughs> a ton and of this, booze on that table. This guy is aw- <laughs> I mean, he's awful. But I mean, that, those sequences in in the the, the drink scene, that yeah. scene is a great scene. Uh, and, and 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 you know Beale's like you know inference about about you know humans being descended from apes and yeah. the way he's like yeah. the just like <laughs> yeah. and you just like it made my skin crawl as oh, I know filthy racists like you I've I've heard your kind of shit before and it was really authentic yeah um, and, and 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 really good but it's that really thoroughly nasty piece of work. And I just think that the episode narratively is way too even-handed. Oh yeah, it's okay. way too yeah. much. Way, way too much. Like you know, like the the loci, although a despicable human being, clearly corrupted massively by his act, by his by his power and his his thirst for power and his his obsession. And I get that that part of it, but the cause he represents is just in my ideas and i don't th- and i think that the the the, the position that the that the writers took that the, the position that kirk took is too even-handed for me and 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 too too aloof uh and 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 doesn't reflect the what is actually the reality there i think there has to be more sympathy for Lokai's cause than was that was the came through in the script that's my opinion mm. I was oh, nice. gonna, yeah i was going to say that so i don't think the actual um, storyline is actually about racism in total. You know, we, we've mentioned about sort of like oppression, you know, freedom fighters and sort of like, um, you know, um, Beale, Commissioner Bill's title is that uh, he's of the commission of political traitors. You know, so so there's yeah. that political aspect to it as well of, of a hierarchy. But I think that that there is there is more to it um saying that sort of like kirk is a sort of centrist in this or not not really taking a, a particular strong point and letting them fight away um 
I, I mentioned Nixon. Um, the, the reason why I mentioned Nixon at the time, he was quite frightened of the civil rights movement mm-hmm. that was going on at the time. And, still, still, and, yeah. Yeah, mm, and, and, yeah. And also, he also it publicly had stated that the younger generation, because there was a division between uh, young and old, the younger people coming up who were actually seeing the world in a completely different way where they saw freedom fighters and as te- you know, terrorists as freedom fighters, all this sort of stuff. You know, one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. They, they saw that, that there was a different nuance between who was the oppressor and who was the actual person who was trying to, you know... Um, to, to get their freedom. Which side are you on? So I actually think this was actually quite clever because uh, Nixon actually did state, uh, state that that the younger generation were, was it, uh, foolhardy utopians and wanting a change in one one day, as you had mentioned, mm. was part of part yeah, of the script. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got Kirk as the establishment. You know, um, you know, just basically just playing, play, you know, holding these two uh, people in, 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 in on stage, basically, sort of like you know, he he is the government, he's American government, basically. While you're seeing all the things that were happening around the world at the time, because it was uh, the 1960s and, and, and into the 70s was was traumatic in, in the world, more traumatic than it is now, actually, mm. I would say. Yeah, you know. maybe. Um, and you know, because you had things. Coming on TV with Vietnam, you're seeing where soldiers were portrayed as killing innocents as well as the Viet Cong killing American troops, American boys, you know, all this sort of stuff. So there was there was a yeah a, a way of there were things that were being worked out at the time. There were there were changing perspectives around at this time as well, and not everyone was keeping up with those changing perspectives. We um, the shootings at Kent State were mm. were were great. Uh, was was a pivot point really for public perception, uh, and, and this is sort of happening at this time. And, and and we see in the way to Eden where where Kirk's character is very much the reactionary establishment, uh, and and it's out of time, out of step with what we see today, mm. especially with what we're lo- lo- looking back on it. But at the time, there was. Opinion would have been divided whether or not he's being just a dick, another one who's going along with Herbert. This. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and but I, when I look at it as well, and I think, well, yeah, but Star Trek is horrifically centrist, isn't it? I mean, look, would would <laughs> would would Picard have been any different? Probably. Oh, well, I mean, I think I like to think that he would have that episode would have been handled somewhat differently. Yeah. But then we have to remember Code of Honor, don't we, from the first season, which was a pretty ghastly racist episode. I don't. I I think I, I it's possible that actually yeah that Picard would have been just as ghastly a centrist um, mm. as as Kirk was or Spock was Spock was appalling like right at the end yeah. there he's going he's going well, well this is what happens when you have two extreme ideologies sort yeah. of like at each other and there was the, the, the little side <laughs> remark about Loki like about like how many of his followers have ended up dead while he's he's yes. still alive yeah, yeah 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 exactly I mean yeah. you know, these, I mean you know the, I, there doesn't seem to be any there's no there's no firm uh, uh, support or acknowledgement at least of the justification of Lokai's cause whatsoever no. it's all about how how a, 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 an opportunist this man is and 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 I do understand that and and it is good and there mm. are this, this is an enjoyable episode I like this episode yeah. but having watched it most recently and I think it's also a measure, and I said this to you beforehand, I said there's a measure of also how, where I've gone politically in the last few years, probably since Brexit, to be honest with you. That, you know, it, it, and I just don't have time for this kind of woolly centrism anymore. And I don't think that there is a place for it. I mean, that, that kind of, you know, this is what happened. The Kirk speech, you know, to them at the end, about like, you know, giving up Hayes and all of this stuff. It's got that kind of, you know, well, I mean, if both sides are criticising me, I, I must be doing something right kind of energy to, to, to it. It's not, or am I, am I going? Moving, I, you know, I, I bring, think. I bring think, me back down. To all right. Well, I, I, I'll t- tell you why. I tell, tell you what, why. Why you, you should really be brought down to earth because this script does not deserve you to to look into it that deeply. Okay. It's it's <laughs> this this, <laughs> this script. This script is frankly appalling, and it and and it is it is the the concept of of the episode is is weak. They knew it was weak. Yeah, it was the episode was absolutely saved at the last minute when they decided to to go with the with with the with the half and half makeup. It's a really late decision mm. that was in in the in the process, 
because they were sat around the table knowing that this one was going to be a bottle episode which had pretty much zero intrigue and zero excitement in it. Well, in that case, they've actually rescued it quite yeah, well they because have, there's they some have, yeah. really nice scenes. So let's talk about the actual episode itself rather than just me going off on that. <laughs> I know, that these are, I, I, it is important to discuss that, and I wanted to get that out of the yeah, way. No, sure. It's very good. Because it's at the heart of the episode, and I think it's important. I would say you know. that especially because I think this episode, uh, uh, although it's very dated, it does still stand up. And the fact that we can stand here and discuss it in this yeah. level mm. shows that it still has something to offer. But that's more by accident than, than design, yeah, I think. Yeah, especially today. No, it's, yeah. it's, got, it's got some real relevance today um, about how... Po- and it speaks about how polarised our society yeah. is now. We watched that episode here and we're looking at it and we've all developed... Well, all right, we will. I've developed very, very strong opinions about this, and it's and it's definitely shifted. My opinion on this episode has shifted through the through the years, and 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 what it's trying to say, and 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 that in itself is a gift. But yeah, it's let's let's talk a bit about that. I mean, just actually the some of the techniques that they used. You say the script wasn't that good, and and no, you're right. But there's some crack. There is some cracking dialogue going on here. That the fact that it doesn't dawn on Kirk and Spock about the nature of the racism until some way in when 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 Beale has to explain that this is about yeah. what side the the white is on and and that is, you know and, and like and their reaction and like our reaction the audience reaction say that's pathetic <laughs> i don't know though because if you were watching this on like a black and white tv as i was when i was when i was a kid during, when it was in the 70s it was shown but if you were in america uh, you know on a black and white tv the majority of people still had you wouldn't have noticed the difference on a small screen. You would have thought that they were the same. Same. When I first watched it, I didn't notice that that, that one was on the on the other side. I didn't put it together at all. And I watched it, and I'm pretty mm. certain I watched it on a color set. So the impact would so have been great. I don't think. Yeah, I think that it was quite clever. I think that they're quite skilled. I think the audience wouldn't have put together that actually that there was a there was that they were on alternate sides. Mm. And it was only then and then but and the impact is great because the audience is standing there saying, well that's re- that's utterly ridiculous. But of course racism mm. is ridiculous. Yeah. And it brings that home that point home really, really well. I also, Graham, love the Shakespearean dialogue that goes on. I oh, think the, yeah. the speeches that they make to uh, that, that, that Beale and, and Lokai have they begin, during, particularly in Sick Bay. Mm. I mean, they they are they're charged with 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 Shakespearean vigor. I mean, not as well written as the Bard, <laughs> it should be said. But I mean, they're lifting. They could be lifting packages packages from political speeches, contemporary political speeches, and using them or, or contemporary political arguments and using. Yeah, them. I, I think I think that's one. It's one of the strengths of of, of 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 this episode, but it's also one where it, it slightly falls down on because some of the rhetoric there is word for word what what is going round at the time. Do you think this episode came out six months after the Mexico Olympics you know, with the with the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. fist salute and everything like that? So everything and, and the reaction to that. So you can imagine that that everything is still a bit raw as mm. far as as far as race relations is concerned. Um, but those words hit home every time you, they're in the script. And, and when you're watching it, if you're watching it as someone in 1969, uh, for what was going to be basically a throwaway episode of, of, a, of a science fiction show in its last season, then, you know, it, I, think, I think it works really well. Mm. And the, the sad thing is, is that we're all still familiar with all that rhetoric as well because we still hear it today. It, yes, we do. Yeah. And, 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 that, and, and that is one thing that, that really does hold. But, of course, when you put in things like that without any nuance, it's just shoved in there, and you do lose some of the more natural flow of, of the script. And I mm. think that is... It, the... the the politics of the episode aside, the the one thing that that I, I that does disappoint me is is the structure of of of, of the narrative because it's so choppy, it, it's so, and it's so cheap. It's it so cheap, ludicrously yeah. cheap episode. Yeah, I'm padded. The, I'm padded. The yeah, padding. The some of the padding is is, in that, is, yeah, is so episode. obvious as yeah. well. I mean, you don't need to be sitting there like doing a an hour long um, discussion podcast about the episode to to pick the to pick the holes in it. 
Um, and the, the 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 sort of dialogue that 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 um, that Beale gets as soon as he comes on the ship, and it's basically, oh yeah, how did you do that? Oh, uh, a wizard did it. Look, oh, I, did, I did it like this. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Allow me to to like fuck up your 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 science station just to tell you how I how I, I fucked up. Yeah, this is how I did it. System. And he's like, he's stand there and let him get away with it. <laughs> I don't like that scene actually because I love the the pan across with, yeah. with, with 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 Kirk and Spock and Scotty and then Uhura and and, and I like them and Chekhov just like looking at. Him like looking daggers at him. I do, I do like that. Although again, I like to go. I don't know why you're doing that. I can only assume it's just to eat up some precious seconds because you've you've got such a thin script that you just have to just do these. And how many times did they go to Red Alert? There's a lot of going to Red Alert. There's an awful lot of procedure as well. Oh God, there's there tons is. of procedure. Oh you know. man, alive! Get, get, getting a horror to read out the, the the message from Starbase Four. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and, and the and the um and the, the decontamination of the planet, which was a, you know obviously a, a good thing, but there was a lot of procedure going on there, and there is a lot of procedure when it comes to decontaminating, decontaminating. But there was no sort of like there wouldn't, there's no cutting it for dramatic effect. There's no yeah. sequences shortened, were they? You know, anything like that. Yeah. Just simply to, because it's like where we think well the the, the the plot's pretty thin. And earlier in the episode as well, there are some things. There's like as a interesting because I um watched this episode a number of times when I was a teenager having recorded it off the BBC um, and and there's a couple of scenes have been cut from that from the BBC version and I only found out about them years later watching it on Netflix mm. and I and I was completely shocked the um the sequence in the mess hall where Lokai is trying to I was going to say about recruit, that yeah. effectively recruit Sulu and Chekhov um uh, that sequence wasn't in that original BBC version, and also the apes remark was taken out as well. Mm. Interesting, um, and I assume it's because when it was transmitted at that point, it was transmitted at about five o'clock in the afternoon during the children's slot, and maybe they just thought, "Nah, it's just a bit too heavy for kids. We'll leave that out," um, because it's quite his rhetoric is quite charged, mm. and then obviously mm. the very clear racist inference, and and they probably thought this episode's not good enough to justify that kind of blatant, yeah. you know, blatant racism to it's the context doesn't work but and also you know the, the, the political aspect of of uh, loci speaking to the um, normal crewmen while you've got bill with the upper class you know sort yeah. of like mm-hmm. uh, and you've got spock like like listening in and uh, i mean like the kirk in the, the audience the yeah. audience is also yeah. Yeah, like a narc filthy <laughs> stinking narc <laughs> You know, filthy, stinking, centrous, narc Spock. title. And the audience is also eavesdropping on that conversation as well, mm. which is really, really nice. And you said, Graham, it's quite Shakespearean in tone, isn't it? Yeah, well, the whole sort of like lurking around in corridors, yeah. listening in on, on on things. But it 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 is missing as well. Some some injected rhetoric for. Uh, Lokai to come out with. There's nothing. They, they, it, he's not very charismatic. No, no. he doesn't have any charisma. And he's, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not filling people up with the with, his with uniform. The, just doesn't suit him at all. No. His outfit looks really, really unflattering. No, there is the the, the the worst thing is the gloves. The glo- and obviously the gloves make things a hell of a lot easier for, for for the makeup guy. And they don't allow them to like leave black and white handprints everywhere on the set, <laughs> um, which is obviously. But. They they, they 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 walk around in this sort of like mimes body sock and <laughs> and a, a, a Beals has got a bit of bling on it which is well which he's is used to it because of the Riddler yeah of course yeah, yeah. 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 we're going to discuss Frank Short Gorshin very yeah. soon yeah yeah um, but yeah uh, yeah the uh, as as we said before this is an incredibly cheap episode it is yeah um, but as well it's some of the bottle episodes are some of the best in, sure. in the original series certainly yeah, yeah, yeah but they've always got that they always use the fact that it's a bottle episode that, that you're that as something that is constricting and something that, that adds to the tension yeah you don't get that in there there's no ambition in the script for no. it to be anything more than, than, a, than yeah. a cheap bottle episode yeah. whereas, and, and, whereas good bottle episodes are like you know yeah 
yeah, have yeah. a lot more ambition to them. To them. Exactly. They, they bring you new worlds without having to bring you new worlds. Yeah. And this didn't really do this. This no. was more like a fable or a psalm or something like a sermon almost like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Contrast and compare Charlie X to this. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's not a... No, Charlie X introduces us to a whole levels of existence yeah. without having to introduce us physically yeah. to whole levels of existence it's genius it's beautiful 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 i mean yeah and then and let that be your bas- let that be all the vast battlefield doesn't do any of any of that but let's um let's talk about frank gorshin because this is an extremely positive aspect is brilliant absolutely brilliant and i think really carries and saves the episode and makes it what it is because the the manner with which he attacks the role is superb mm. but frank gorshin for those who don't know was is the most well known for playing a character called the Riddler in the nineteen sixties Batman series. He was hugely he was so. I mean, and if, this was around the same time, obviously. Yeah. So he probably would have been maybe not a household name, but you would have probably through the makeup you'd have gone. That's the guy who plays the Riddler, and it's very different uh, in tone, isn't it? Obviously, he's a much much angrier than. He's as unhinged as the Riddler, but he's much, much angrier than the Riddler. But you know, there, there's the you can you can see the Riddler mm. in this character, yes. Mm. Well, but he holds himself. You know, he's a superior, superior official in this as well. You know, and you're right. The anger is there. Mm. I mean, the when he's when there's a there's a sequence at the back where Kirk's lecturing him about sometimes, and like he's got his hands behind his back, and you can and he's and he's, and he's, wrist, he's twisting his eyes, moving, and, he, and you can <laughs> see he's you know boiling. Sorry, that was me boiling with rage, like trying to suppress mm. it all. Not in any way lazy acting whatsoever for that. I mean, you know, he, this episode doesn't doesn't deserve that kind of professional, <laughs> professionalism. But Frank Gorshin obviously is a top pro. Well, he's a, a, he's best right. known as as a as an impersonator. Yes, uh, yes, and, true. And, yeah. an, an impressionist, uh, and he, especially he, he he bore more than a passing resemblance for Richard Widmark, and that was one 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 of the the the, the people who he he. he Built career doing impersonation. Yeah, and Bert Lancaster and, and yeah. Kirk Douglas as well. He Kirk really Douglas, yeah, yeah famous. You can see some Kirk Douglas going yeah. on in there. Yeah. But yeah, he was definitely channeling that in some of the angrier moments. Wasn't yeah, he? Uh, I think I think he did a Pixar short. Um, oh, vo- really? Voicing as Kirk Douglas, I think. As, oh, cool. Uh, I think I think there is one somewhere somewhere around there. Um, but he, he, oh, you can see that he he. He really does go full into in, into that in his acting, and he's obviously picked up visual cues from all these actors from from epics and westerns and things like that, and he brings it all in there, which is brilliant. So, so you're seeing about four or five like top notch actors there at once in 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 his portrayal of of of, of Beal, and and yeah, the episode, you know, he really doesn't deserve such a tour de force of a performance, but he gets one. Yeah, so, and he and he does really well. I mean, I mean, it, it, when we say that, we we we're quite down on this episode in the end, haven't we? But I mean, I actually, it is a it's a, it's a fulfilling episode. I I like this episode. I oh no, it's it's, it's, it's it, good. It bears watching. But it's bad. It, but it, it, it bears watching, and and. Uh, it, Right, it's no more than, than than a three star, but there are a hell of a lot worse episodes out there. Definitely, and, yeah. And you can watch this and get angry, um, yeah. Which which is mm-hmm. a good thing. It, it it does invoke emotion for something that has. Uh, I still hold it, uh, Derek. That he's got zero zero nuance in this episode at all. Mm. But what better for 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 the times we're living in now? Yeah, this is this is perfectly true. This is perfectly true. Um. I was going to talk about the self-destruct sequence because that's <laughs> that's. I mean, that became a trope. This whole this this whole thing is like okay. So Bill couldn't manipulate the computer the, at that point, and so he had to presumably wait. They could have explained it a bit. He could have said, "Well, you know, the first time around you caught me unawares of the whole self destruct thing, but you know, this time I've been able to figure it out." And it, it I don't think it's I don't. It was a completely unnecessary sequence because you know it it, it just like kicks the kicks the can down the road doesn't it really in terms of the plot just like say well we know we're not ready for Beale to actually take control of the ship just yet because we've still got 10 minutes of 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 episode to to fill so let's do this but it's an iconic sequence as well Mm. and was one that was repeated uh in Starship 3 of course it said that this was supposed to be um a homage to uh Frank Gorshin's Batman sort of like, uh, you know, 
uh, TV, you know, TV series with the sort of weird angles and because you hadn't really seen much of that before in, in Star Trek, had you? Weird angles, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I well, think so. the, they, they borrowed a little bit from, yeah. from and the, the close-ups on on people's and quick cuts eyes. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. but yeah. maybe that again, that was padding. You know, yeah, could I have mean, been. one of the the worst bits of padding, obviously, is the running down the corridors. Yeah, you know, and you got some really then bad trans- transposing <laughs> like pictures from the London Blitz, what looked like pictures yeah. from the London Blitz, and uh, over the top of it, which I thought was. Interesting, interesting creative choice. Very close to the Second World War. I don't know what they wouldn't well, do that sort of thing now, I think, but it'd be too no. painful. But I mean, it's sort of. But that, again, it was cheap. Yeah. The thing is, it's, uh, yeah, you're still running down the corridors and still running yeah. down the corridor. The self destruct sequence, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. You could lift the, the third act out of it and you wouldn't notice it wasn't there. <laughs> um, uh, but they've got to try and do something to inject a bit of peril into the yeah. episode. It's like a, a it, bit, yeah. It's like a ten-minute mini episode that they've just dropped in, haven't they? Yeah. They're sort of like you know someone takes control of the Enterprise and mm. Kirk finds a way of you know using his mad yeah. captaincy skills to demonstrate. Yeah. I mean, it was a good demonstration of Kirk's power and authority. Yeah. That he has oh, yeah, that yeah. in fact that I control this universe, not yeah. you. Although it was fatally undermined, of course, because like ten minutes later, it's like, well, that that's not true. I just haven't figured out how to, yeah. you know, how to how to how to burn it. I just I didn't know there was a self destruct sequence. I mean, who has a self destruct sequence? <laughs> what nutcase has that? I mean, so I mean, I mean, I would have been travelling around for fifty thousand years, and I'm prepared to kill myself just to get aboard this ship. But hey, who has a self destruct sequence? That didn't occur to me. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, th- I thought it was a nice little mini episode, and it, it wasn't without tension. It very nice. <laughs> Ended on a cliffhanger, going into the advert break. Really, really good. Um, and I'd like to see, and uh, and I like, I think that that saves the episode as well. Even though, as you say, it was completely you no, know, completely pointless in many, many ways. But like, there's there's some of the direction choices are quite weird. The the the, the, the zooming in and out of the red alert sign is like, oh, God, what's that's. That's a bit weird. I don't know why they do it. And, the, you know, the camera is sh- jumping. It's not... It's a, it shouldn't be doing that. It's a bit 60s, isn't it? It's yeah. a bit banana splits. It's a bit, yeah, Batman. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they maybe thought, oh, we've got the Batman guy on here. Maybe we yeah. should try and make Batman it up a little bit. There's some there's an episode called um, in the third season called Mark of Gideon, where there's some really nice uh, conversation between Kirk and um, Karen. And it's all happened from underneath the, a glass table. Um, and that's 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 so they do they do like to mess about with some funky camera angles mm. as well. Yeah, there's a very simple one when in the uh, transporter room, isn't there? Where where you, you're seeing it from the behind uh, yes. the transporter pads and looking at the at the control. Yeah, and so oh. which is oh, because because yeah, the thing like visually, the third season is it's it it. it it tries, I think, to to just have a slightly different aesthetic to the second season, which has got some really really strong episodes in it, but visually the the colour palette of the, of of, the, of it isn't as deep as the first season, where they where they were really keen on their that mixture of ultra black bright colours and and severe extreme lighting as well to sort of like you know uh, bring across the drama that way, whereas whereas the second season was a lot more flat tonally. And I think that the third season also, I think, is still pretty flat, but they jazz it up a little bit with some with occasional funky. Yeah, and a lot of this is because budgetary constraints. Mm. I mean, the genius of Spectre of the Gun, which we keep referring to on this podcast, but never do an episode about, um, because they, they, you know, that set was put together because they didn't have any money to make a proper western set. So they said, well, let's just make it mm. and justify it that way. Absolutely. Really, really good sets. So that, so I think creatively it's got a lot. You know, I think it is quite clever. I think the idea of you know transposing you know pictures from the Blitz, you know clips from the Blitz in order to convey that probably works well and resonates well with an audience because they were very very powerful images that people will have in their minds because the war was you know only so been close. over for two decades. Yeah, so yeah. I mean a lot of people with with very clear clear images of that and that brought home I think the sense of Holocaust. Yeah. Of, of 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 what had happened, and those final. I know you're you're right. Let's talk about the denouement. The final, the final seconds of this movie, of this movie, of this episode, are disappointing. The manner, the ending is kind of a bit disappointing. Um, but 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 that moment when they arrive at Sharon and everyone is dead, is quite strong, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. It is. It is strong. Um, but the constraints of the bottle episode as well take away that 
that strength. They, they don't go down to the surface to see the the the, the, the desolation because no. that would be horrifically expensive. Yeah, and and very very difficult to to bring across. But they do manage to bring across the, the just to say that that there is no life forms on that planet. That that everything is gone. Yeah, and uh, Leonard Nimoy's delivery is superb yeah. as well because of course he's you know emotionless and very yeah. sort of like emotionally flat and 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 it is. And there's a real palpable sense of shock, isn't mm. there? Well, I thought the horror as well, because they they mentioned piled up corpses, yes, mm. which you don't see obviously, but it was like no, the, but... it's the horror that actually did this happen recently? You know, yeah. it's sort of mm. because they've been chasing around the universe for like you know five hundred uh, sorry fifty thousand uh, fifty thousand fifty thousand years. It's a very long time. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I I, I always mean, wondered. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you you don't know how long a year lasts on Cheryl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, like, for all we know, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. could be about it could like, be, like, yeah, it could like circle its sun every like three hours or yeah, so. It could be Cheryl year. So yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think I think, but I mean, I think the yeah the 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 very end where you know, the, and they clearly they don't know how to end this, hmm. um, and simply sort of like them like shrugging their shoulders and then going off dejectedly back to Starface Four with with them just has no drama so they inject this sort of drama of them running around the corridors of the mm. enterprise sort of like you know in desperation and grief um and then beaming down on the planet and and then that, and then curiously kirk just abandoning them yeah which for me you know seems really heartless yeah um you know i mean i know neither of them i know he, i know neither of them deserve a great deal of, of compassion but surely the higher more evolved civilization you know, that rid itself of hatred and prejudice, you know, centuries ago is, you know, should should show a little bit more compassion than that. Mm. It's 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 I found the fact that they couldn't comprehend the nature of the hatred between the two of them. There's a degree of condescension about the the, the way that the characters look at Beale and Lokai that one they couldn't comprehend it or two they just think it was infantile i believe indeed infantile or primitive was 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 what was used and i thought and I, and I, that again didn't didn't resonate with me you know the the lack of compassion that they had for them and the fact and the aloofness the fact that they felt that they were above them because they are beyond these kind of these kind of emotions uh, for me I, I, I don't think that they did that very well and they came across as being aloof, arrogant, condescending and yeah. and, and, and and then to lacking in, in any compassion. Well, I, th I think it's the, the, the problem is, is you, you for an episode that, that lacks nuance, you, you introduce something like this, a, a race like this. There's a hell of a lot of questions that need to be answered. And... Suddenly, you think if you're going to sit and answer all those all those questions, and you've you've got like a whole the whole season on your hands here, um, and the fact that they just wipe out the whole race, well, everyone that's on the planet at least, yeah, yeah, uh, and I don't, I can't remember it ever being visited again. Not in, not in. I know Fanon might might have gone there, returned to to to, to Sharon or something like that. There but may well be. I don't, who knows? I'm not aware of it. There is a, there is a a series of books where. Are they really? There, yeah, there was a, a pocketbook series where there's a crossover event between um, the, the original series and Voyager, would you believe, as time travel, and they actually end up on the planet with the characters for some reason. I don't know all the details, wow. but I know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What? I don't yeah. think I'd want to read that. Yeah, that's one of the biggest. Uh, gaps in in the story is the fact that well okay well these people look visually striking and yet you're surprised that you've never seen these guys before this guy was on a star base not long ago and was he did he manage to sneak on there and steal a shuttle base shuttle yeah. without anyone really anyone seeing him there were some peculiar views on on genetics as well being expressed oh yeah a little bit dodgy okay <laughs> I'm sure they do have mimes though on star bases. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes, there's a bit of that going. It's very on. big in the 23rd century in deep space. You know, it's very lonely out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Um, let's. We should be. We should real wrap up soon. Um, it, just a quick word: digital versus remastered. I think it, uh, original versus remastered. I think it's worth it because there's some nice shuttlecraft um, sequences going on there. Yeah, and there, yeah, there, there yeah. are. There are because um, obviously keen-eyed people watching the original version will see that it's the Galileo. It's the Galileo Seven, basically. <laughs> but, Huge chunks of the Galileo yeah. Seven they just dropped yeah. into this. And it's like, okay, so you've nicked the Galileo from <laughs> from Starbase Four. Well, good luck. You brought it back to, to its actual ship, then, isn't it? Um, yeah, but obviously, when they do the remastered version, they it's the Da Vinci, isn't it? And uh, the, the, sure, and, yeah, and it's got Starbase Four livery on it. So. Yes, I actually yes, prefer yes. the original. Well, well, of course, it's lovely, isn't it? It's, well, uh, there's a, yeah. there's a lovely shot which they don't use elsewhere uh, at, at the beginning, where you see more of the the uh, saucer disc, mm. um, and you know, and I I still actually prefer the uh, original title sequence with the Enterprise movie mm. because I, it just looks better. Yeah. 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 And they, there is a lot to be to be to 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 be unhappy about about those mm-hmm. CGI um inserts. I mean but then again they are Oh, over 15 years old. Well, now. I was going to say, because so, yeah. they themselves now look quite dated, don't yeah. they? But I, I assume that there's probably no plans to spend a huge heap of money doing them again mm. because that, that they are quite expensive. Mm. They served their purpose in bringing, bringing this series, which has got some quite tenable stories still, yeah. up into a, a, into a modern audience and yeah. make them palatable for a modern audience. And for HD as well. And for HD yeah. as well, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure they could probably do with another clean-up yeah. Um, to Ultra HD and put them up to 4K, and I'm sure there's it might well be also that mm. there's an appetite for it, but they are ridiculously expensive to do. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that, that a lot of the visual um, effects that are on the screen they haven't really messed about with, like the, the sort of like the 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 ready break fight scenes and the uh, the, the yeah the, yeah with the force fields. <laughs> And, and and the invisible spacecraft. Yeah, yeah and that's they, convenient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is that was super convenient. An invisible <laughs> spacecraft. It's, uh, that's definitely there. It's, no, it's it really isn't. I'm sorry, but the idea about having invisible it has a special coating on it, so you yeah. can't see it. So yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it lives in another town. You don't know them. <laughs> so that I mean, it was pointless again because I mean, the thing is that you, an invisible spacecraft that can be picked up on sensors completely. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a, a, yeah. I mean, but that was mind you. That's the thing about balance of terror, isn't it? So yeah. like balance of terror is like it's on sensors. I mean, you just can't see it. So well, it's on sensors. They just shoot at it. <laughs> you know. I mean, but I mean, that's like this is this is it's heresy. Nip- this is heresy. You know. Yes, I've yes. already I've already called Spock a, a filth a filthy centrist narc. I don't want to alienate more listeners by then bad mouthing balance of terror. So. So I don't honest. I don't think Spock is a filthy centrist narc. I just think in this episode he is. He does get. I mean, it's weird in in episode like in that which survived, which is actually mm. actually the worst ever episode of Star Trek. Um, it, well, no, Turn About Intruder is the worst. Episode. It's the second one. Then Spock is an absolute dick in that episode. He's a complete knob. You know, and it's just really, really badly, really badly written. And I think that, the, that this is the third season anyway. But I think what we're going to do, unless you've got anything else that I you was, want to go off your chest. Yeah, Derek, one, one last thing. The the the, uh, the writer of the Teddy play, uh, Oliver uh, Crawford, was uh, quite an interesting guy because he was blacklisted during the um, uh, McCarthy years. You know the McCarthy. You know the, the. Oh, was he? Yeah. So he was blacklisted, and he went off. He couldn't. You know, he ended up doing becoming a decorate painter and decorator for a long time until he was brought back into uh, you know uh, TV again and writing, um, and later on he became. Uh, he was on the board of the Writers Guild, and he was one of the people who um, took out the anti-communist um, legislation that had gone into the Writers Guild. So you had to say there was there was a, uh, uh, I suppose it's like a pledge to be anti-communist that was actually in the Writers Guild, and he took it out. Oh, right. You know, so but he went on to to write loads of TV like Kojak, and you know, you know. But I think he did two Star Trek episodes. I think the, the is it the cli- cloud makers cloudminders cloudminders uh, cl- which we've uh, we've done an episode we've on. done that yeah. yeah he was he was the uh, Teddy player author on that and it was script it was originally done by stories by uh, called Lee Cronin mm-hmm. which is a pseudonym as we know for Gene Kuhn, who is one of the fathers of Star Trek uh, and his last involvement in the show and Graham you were telling me beforehand that 
Bob Justman said goodbye after this episode. He did, well. yeah. Um, the episode there, there is a bit of conjecture about about the the episode itself. There, there is um, Bob Justman wrote in Inside Star Trek that this was this episode was fished out of the bin from the first season. Uh, it was originally called a portrait in black and white, um, but there is there is. He goes on to talk about the episode and talks about how the the makeup was a last minute decision just before production of this. So there's things that mm. don't really add up. Um, I think a lot of people do think that this the large sections of this uh, of this, the the basis of this story were in that original Gene Coombe story from the first season, um, which a NBC um, exec by the name of Stan Robertson, I think, um, he just vetoed it. Uh, and this was one of Gene Roddenberry's favourite ideas, this one. Um, and it came back and they thought, right, OK, well, we're, we're not going to be spend any more money on scripts. Let's just fish this one out the bin and flesh it out a bit. So, um, so yeah, it, I think there was originally concept it was like a devil and an angel. Yes, there was. Right. Uh, it, Interesting. Uh, okay. So it was, it was that, that, that dynamic going on there. Uh, but then obviously they they hit on this this yeah. Rather well, maybe they they decided thing. to do the black and white thing because they looked looked at the title. And thought, well, why don't we just do that? Yeah, 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 maybe 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 that's what it was. Maybe yeah. that's what it and was. it was still a last minute decision. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, then we're we're going to wrap it up there. But this is if you haven't listened, watched that that be your last battlefield uh, uh, recently, then do revisit it because as you can tell, <laughs> if you're still here, it's inflamed some passions. And it has relevance. It has relevance to our times now, and and it's worth it's worth watching, and and, and looking at you, and 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 getting what you get out of it. I mean, it is it's a it's a passable, as you say, Graham, three star episode, um, uh, that's got a lot to say, and uh, and and generates emotion and passion, and and that's a good thing. I think is it a good thing? It yes, is. I think it is a good thing. All right then. So we'll leave it there then. And so uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, where are we now? Okay. So whompodsdestroy.com for things like Twitter, uh, and we're not on Facebook, are we? Uh, yeah, that's it. We're on Twitter. Whompodsdestroy and whompodsdestroy.com for like the feeds and the social feeds and all of that stuff, um, like podcast feeds and. I'll have to probably re-record And the archive this. and everything. And the archive. And there's a yeah. quite a generous archive of, of yeah. stuff that we've done going all the way back to 2016. Of all of our takes on on, on this. And and got, yeah. They're just as hot. Oh, yeah. Just as hot Sizzling. as the ones that we've, that we've come up with today. Blistering. And, and in five years' time, when, when, we, when we've gone around all the episodes and we, when we come back to start doing this again, we might have different takes on this. We may well do, yeah. Because at that point, probably, we'll all be, you know, the Blairites will be back in charge of the government. We'll all be, like, soft and lukewarm and saying, oh, well, you know, you know, isn't it just awful the way that they were beastly to one another? Aren't they terrible? Ooh, ooh. And so forth. Anyway, with that... But he did steal a car. <laughs> he, did steal, well, he did, after all, steal a car. I mean, anyway, enough, enough. What okay. of Lokai, though? What of Lokai? <laughs> uh, right, yes, until next time, when I think what we'll do is we'll talk about Spectre of the Gun there. I said it. Yeah, yes. Cool. Right. Nice one. We're going to do Spectre of yes. the Gun next, and that'll be in a few weeks' time. <laughs> you. Oh. Yes, Sharon Weeks. <laughs> Nice one. Excellent. That was good. Yes. That was spiky. It that was. was it spiky. was spiky. Yes. I like. I like the uh, the Spock. Uh, <laughs> 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 spiky. <laughs> 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 <laughs>